Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we are getting into a conversation that uh, we continue to have on this uh, platform uh, that's around uh, the world of financial technology. And uh, for today, we are joined by uh, South Africa's largest mobile operator, that is Vodacom. And we are joined by uh, uh, Miriam Kasim, who is uh, the chief executive officer for Vodacom Financial Services and we're going to be having a discussion just around uh, you know what that piece of business is looking like in the universe of Vodacom and also you know some of the uh, some of their developments um, along the way some of the products that they have in South Africa and uh, you know across the continent and uh, where she sees uh, the business evolving over time. I am in Midrand at uh, Vodacom's head office, so you know it is a really great one. Uh, so I'm in, in Miriam's office. So Miriam, uh, greetings to you today. Greetings, Mdiwa. Thank you for coming through and thank you for having me on your show. Now, thank you so much for being with us, Miriam. Perhaps a good place to start. Usually, um, at this point, we ask people to introduce their organizations, right? But Vodacom is a household name. So instead of that, what we'll ask is when we talk about Vodacom Financial Services, what falls under your purview? So um, we have a myriad of um, products and services and different business units that fit within the ambit. Um, Traditionally, we started off with with what used to be just the insurance business, and this was seven years ago uh, before I joined Vodacom. Subsequent to that, we've now expanded that into a realm of other product sets. So we now do everything from insurance to payments to lending, savings and investments. We've launched Vodapay, our super app. Um, and then within each business area, we have sub-products. So on the insurance side, as an example, from what we've seen, we're still the only telco in the world that actually has its own insurance licenses. Mm-hmm. So we're a fully-fledged, regulated entity on insurance. We have both a short-term insurance business as well as a long-term insurance business. Um, and we're still one of the um, top five largest insurance companies in, in South Africa by by profit. Most people don't know that, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, pretty much the um, high-level business areas. Um, and then, of course, within each of those ambits, we have a myriad of different products and services. We cater both for the consumer segment as well as the SMME segment. We see the SMME segment, uh, small business industry, as a significant growth area, Mm -hmm. Uh, not just for us, but I think across the African continent going forward. And so we really believe that it's important to to be creating products and services that can continuously help these small businesses to grow. Okay, cool. So we are going to touch on one or two of the different areas that you've just spoken about now. But where I wanted to start today is a conversation that I had last week with your group CEO, that's Shamil Jusuf, and that was around remittances, right? Everyone right now seems to be running towards remittances. And when I say everyone, I mean it's been a space that has been um, existing for a long time, World Remit, Remitly, um, the likes of Western Union, right, Mukuru. Uh, it's been an established space, but now um, the operators are, are getting into that space. And Fitch 
you know, thinks that Vodacom is going to make a big play, right? So since you are the, the person in charge uh, of Vodacom's financial services strategy, uh, you know, maybe we should be asking you whether, you know, the likes of Fitch and others are correct in, in doing that because it's not like remittance is new for Vodacom. It's just what direction are you sort of going in? Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, remittances can be broken up into both um, local remittances as well as international remittances. Um, I think on the on the local remittance space, um, you know, M-Pesa pretty much created that idea around local remittances. And this was, you know, way before um, the word fintech even existed. So if you think about uh, what M-Pesa markets have been doing 15, 16 years ago since they've been in existence, local remittances has always been the key use case that has really gotten us to be very successful there. And then, of course, expanding that into international remittances is um, an extremely opportunistic area, which we, we currently do already, but continue to build on it. So where do we believe the opportunities lie for international remittances? I think we're seeing... Um, you know, certainly after COVID as well, it's become such a global world. People are able to now move freely um, cross-border. People are able to live freely cross-border. People are able to work freely cross-border. And so that just creates more and more use cases for IMT going forward. Um, on the M-Pesa side, uh, just in, and I'll, I'll quote some stats in uh, F23, approximately $3.6 billion dollars flowed through the system with 1.7 million active customers just within IMPESA markets. So we see that being a hub on its own. Yeah. Um, if you take the markets that Vodacom operates in across the African continent, um, we pretty much cover a population base of about 500 million people. Mm. So how do we create one hub that allows us to send money from different countries, whether that is our voter cash solution, which exists in Egypt, all the way down to our voter pay solution, we call it our, and I'm sure you, you heard this from our CEO, Cape to Cairo, um, you know, so, and everything in between. How do we ensure that our solution is at least allowing our customer base within the different markets to be able to um, freely transact from an IMT point of view? And that is really our um, long-term vision. Um, in terms of bringing our markets together. And then outside of that, how do we ensure that the ecosystem is open for IMT into other wallets yeah. across other platforms? We want to ensure that we give our customers as many options as they are available to also ensure that the cost effectiveness is as low as possible for IMT to work. So yeah, that's pretty much um, our plan and strategy for IMT going forward. One hub, everyone plugs into that um, and, and we're able to seamlessly allow customers to, to do money transfers. Of course, there are a lot of players in this space um, and uh, you know we're very much about partnerships. Yeah. Vodacom has always been about partnerships. So where the opportunity exists for us to partner, um, and use the rails of whether it's a Visa Connect, a MoneyGram, or Mukuru, et cetera, we will work with those because, again, um, you know, it's, it's really important to put the customer at the center of everything that we do. And 
partnerships become important because you can't do everything yourself. You can't build everything yourself. So where necessary, you want to bring or leverage those partnerships to increase the number of options available for the customer. I do have to ask, uh, what, like operationally, I'm sure there's a lot of different layers, but one of the things that I'm interested in is the regulation piece, right? Because if you exist in the European Union, you can literally just go to one, you know, uh, set of regulators and say, guys, we want to be able to, to have our customers across our different markets be able to receive money between each other. But because you operate in these, uh, you know, eight different countries, right? What does, what does it take? What type of engagements does it take? Because, yeah, to be able to make something like that happen. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not as complicated as it may seem. Um, I think what's important to note is that different countries, different markets will always have a different regulatory environment. I mean, we see it as just looking at the financial services regulatory environment in South Africa compared to a Kenya or a Tanzania or even in Egypt. So, um, different regulatory environments is not something that's new to us as a financial services business on the African continent. We've been dealing with this for the last 15 plus years. And I think what we've done really well is we have taken the regulators along with us on our journey as we have progressed to where we are today. And that includes um, everything from whether it is the banking regulators, the insurance regulators, the reserve banks, et cetera, just to ensure that they're understanding um, the real purpose behind why we're doing what we're doing. And financial inclusion is core, is core to a lot of the new products and services that we launch. And sometimes it does require a little bit of a different um, method of thinking uh, or um, a different bit of regulation or a different view on the current regulation that exists. Because in, in some countries, regulation ha- hasn't been rewritten for 10 years, for 15 years. Okay. And we see it as a very important role for us as one of the leading organizations in each of these markets to inform the change around whatever regulatory currently exists to ensure that we're create improving financial inclusion, making it easier for customers to, to be able to transact. So that would apply to any of our products and IMT being one of those as well. Of course, with um, money transfers, things like AML become incredibly important, um, things like KYC become incredibly important. And this is really where I believe as the Vodacom group ac- across Africa, we are the forerunners in this space. Um, we have just made such great strides when it comes to the methods in which we've digitized some of these processes um, through a digital first journey. If you think of EKYC, we're probably one of the first to have implemented that. Um, our AML, I mean, we've got fully fledged regulatory compliance, um, protection of personal information teams, you know, that, that really ensure that we're always operating within the guidelines of the regulatory environments in the different markets. So I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's not dissimilar to anything that we currently do. And then, of course, we've got a full-on regulatory team at a Vodacom group level whose sole purpose it is 
to work with the regulators and bring them along with us on this journey. And this is not just the telco regulators, but includes the financial services regulators in each of these markets as well. Okay, cool. So when it comes to that, um, we've spoken quite a bit about remittance, but that's, you know, simply, you know, one of the different products. Um, the different uh, in technology companies, people usually talk about stacks. You know, you've got your your different uh, your different stacks, and as Vodacom, you guys have, a, I guess, a peer to peer payments layer. There's an insurance layer. There's a lending layer. You know, all that. From a strategy point of view, are you happy with the mix of layers that you have now? Are there pieces that you'd like to add? You know, to that. Uh, financial services uh, pyramid, I guess, that you guys have? <laughs> Great question. Um, and this is something that we continue to do every day. I mean, I've uh, been quoted as saying recently that, you know, in, in, in the business of the past, the right hand to the CEO was the CFO. Mm. I think for the business of the future, the right hand to the CEO is the CIO being your chief information officer around technology, around IT. Um, digital businesses are just um, the way of the future. Yeah. Uh, we are going, uh, we're already moving to a space where customer journeys are 100% end-to-end digital. Mm -hmm. And so the technology element of that becomes incredibly important. So as the Vodacom Group, yeah, we've got um, a myriad of different technology components. And this is because, you know, some of our businesses have been uh, around for the last 16 years. Um, others are just created. If you take something like a Vodapay, you know, created um, in partnership with the Alipay platform just two years ago. So very different technology stacks. Yeah. But I think what's important is ensuring that we always have the very strong glue that brings it all together and ensuring that the integration layers um, are working nicely together and we're able to uh, give the customer the best digital experience with whatever we have decided to build in, in the background. So um, if you take the, the insurance, you mentioned insurance, um, on the insurance side, this is one where we have specifically made the decision to build our own platform internally. Yeah. So our insurance business runs off its own internal platform, completely owned by us, not outsourced um, on, on the short-term insurance side. And this means that we're able to then take this homegrown built platform throughout um, the African continent into each of our different opcos. And because we've built it, we know exactly how it should plug in to any of the other technology stacks that exist in, in any of the markets. And, and this makes us incredibly powerful um, when it comes to being able to make system, make changes to the system, improve the um, uh, improve different elements or different functionality of the product um, because it, it's a, a system that we own. Um, however, that's not to say that that is the only strategy we will address when it comes to technology in our business. We believe that there are some where we may want to own it and there are some where we may want to partner because someone else just does it better than, than we do, right? So if you take um, the Alipay platform as an example, you know, here we've really gone for world-class technology because we, we believe that from a super app point of view, there isn't anyone else globally who does it as well as they do. Yeah. Um, and so that would be more partnership model. But in the end, 
everything fits together in a very neat puzzle from a technology point of view, ensuring that um, you know we always have one view of the customer across all these systems. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it, uh, me speaking about it makes it seem quite easy. But I think, um, you know, if I had to have my CIO here, <laughs> he would probably point to a lot of hair that he's lost in, um, in, in, in the last few years. But um, yeah, you know, you just got to ensure that you have uh, the best and most highly skilled technology team behind each of the businesses, because that's really what's going to um, formulate the best customer experience going forward. Just a quick follow-up to that. Um, what informs your decision to partner, right? Because you mentioned earlier on that as Vodacom, you're not opposed to partnering. It's, some, it's a model that you've used, you know, for, for many different years. But on insurance, for example, you've gone out and made your own uh, technology platform for insurance. You've gone out and gotten your own license when it comes to um the insurance business because in a lot of cases mobile operators are partnering with with banks or institutions that have uh, an fsp or an or a financial services license all of those things you know to partner but on insurance you've decided to do stuff on your own so what informs where you partner what informs where you decide okay fine we're just going to do everything ourselves yeah really good question madiba um and I, I may, perhaps I'll start the answer to this question by saying that the world has changed significantly. Um, if I think if you had to pose this question to a CEO maybe 15, 20 years ago, the, the answer may have been different. I think what's changed in today's world is that the rapid pace at which technology is evolving is just unbelievably fast. And any organization that thinks that they have all the resources to be able to do everything themselves are fooling themselves. Um, just because it's, it's, it's just impossible to compete with the rate of evolution that's happening out there. Yeah. And so as Vodacom, we've, um, we've acknowledged this, we respect this, we admire this. And we believe, we're humble enough to believe that there may be organizations out there who may be doing something um, better than we could do it if we tried to do it ourselves. Um, Could be better, it could be cheaper, it could be um, take us quicker to market, you know. So it would just depend on what the circumstances are around the product proposition at that point. And based on that, we would make the decision as to whether we want to do it uh, fully internally, whether we want to outsource completely or whether we want to do um, a hybrid model. Uh, and I'll give you a few examples. So if you look at just the the rapid pace at which the fintech industry is developing globally, I, I mean, I saw a stat which said between 20 and 2021, there were 5,200 new fintechs that arose on the African continent, 50% of which um, were were, sorry, 5,200 startups, yeah. 50% of which were fintech startups. Yeah. So if you think about the unique differentiated product proposition that sits within those um, fintechs as startups, 
we believe there's a great opportunity to partner. And I'll give you an example. If you take our um, SMME lending product, so we've got a great SMME lending product that we launched um, a few years ago. It's a fully digital experience, allows a small business owner to go online, apply for a loan in under 10 minutes, and receive um, a response within one to four hours after application as to whether they've been successful or not. Now, this has disrupted the application process for small business owners significantly when it comes to business loans. Um, and this was a product that we partnered with a fintech on um, because they had developed a great digital journey. Um, we could plug that into our ecosystem with a few enhancements. And we just have an amazing business now on uh, providing small loans to or loans to small businesses to really enable to, them to grow their businesses. So would we have built that or created it ourselves? Yeah, we could have, but you know what? It would have taken us a whole lot longer. Yeah. We would have needed resources. Um, but here we see a great empowerment opportunity because we've been able to get them to scale their business significantly um, just by partnering with, with us as um, uh, one of the largest distribution companies in in the, in the country, so that's an example of partnering with um, with a, a young startup. But then we also partner with more established companies. So we've uh, got a great partnership with Visa, as an example, where we will be launching a virtual card linked to our voter pay wallet, yeah. and that's due due to launch quite imminently. So um, that again is a different type of partnership but an important one and strategic one for, for what we want to do. Uh, we've partnered with um, uh, a bank on our store value proposition within Vodapay. Uh, why did we do that? Because to be honest, we don't really want to be a bank. We don't want to be you know, um, burdened with the heaviness and all the regulatory and compliance that comes with the bank. So we've decided you know, uh, we'd partner with a sponsor bank who's able to take us to market a lot quicker on what we want to do. So those are a few examples which I'm hoping can sort of articulate, uh, you know, where we would decide to partner, where we would decide to, to build in-house. Um, you know, a, a final example is just on our lending products. Uh, there we, you know, are very conscious of the National Credit Act in South Africa and in all the markets, actually, that we operate in. And so because of that, we've partnered very strategically um, in areas where we do not have appetite to take balance sheet risk of loans, yeah. but we may have a partner who does, you know, or we may want a partner because someone has a better credit scoring algorithm than we do. Yeah. So these are, you know, it's just some examples of, of how we decide to do what we do um, around decisioning and, and partnering. So bringing everything together, uh, Miriam, I wanted to end off on this point because we've sort of taken the journey. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on remittance, uh, and we've spoken about the different products that you have, the different partners that you are working on, what it, uh, maybe even an insight into the thinking around, you know, do you partner or decide to go it alone? And uh, it's this, it's the current products that are there, Vodaland, Vodacash, Impesa, Vodapay, there's, you know, different brands uh, that you have there. Any nascent uh, applications that you're looking at, um, specifically on financial services? Um, I think, uh, obviously, uh, airtime lending, you know, for example, has been a huge one. I think two or three years ago, 
right? We wouldn't have even really been talking about airtime lending, but that's now, I think I saw a stat that said that's now accounts for 40, more like 48% of airtime on Vodacom system, you know, as a whole. So are there any, you know, nascent applications in financial services or any uh, product layers that you're looking at and saying, okay, fine, this could be, you know, something that w- would do what airtime lending has done, for example? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we, we continue to um, focus on products that we have, products that are successful in different markets, and ensuring that we're, we have that seamless transfer of knowledge sharing across the different markets. Because if you just take the, the, the markets that we operate in, every country is at a different stage of evolution when it comes to um, various things. Let's take a South Africa versus a Tanzania versus um, Egypt. The consumer's different. The GDP per capita is different. The um, disposable income that the customer has is different. The economic growth is different. The regulatory environment is different. Um, the um, uh, banking penetration is different. The smartphone penetration is different. So, you know, it's 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 not that easy to say, okay, so, you know, a product in one place is necessarily always going to be successful in another country. I'll give you a simple example. Take uh, funeral insurance. Mm-hmm. Funeral insurance is something that is very specific to the South African market. And that's because it's linked back to different cultural nuances, different reasons why um, customers believe um, funeral insurance is important. But if you go to a market like um, Egypt, as an example, you know, a funeral cover is is not something that is easy or is something that's needed. So with our product set, you know, we, we focus on launching very niche products within the different markets that we know customers are looking for um, and customers would appreciate and would purchase in those markets. However, what we do do is take learnings from the different products in one market that may be relevant in another market. So if you take our airtime credit business, which has been incredibly successful to your point. I mean, when I joined the organization, um, uh, seven years ago, the percentage that you quoted, which is now 48%, used to be about 3% back then. So the penetration has now grown all the way up to 48%. But more important than just the airtime lending product, which customers love uh, and really appreciate and, and that we believe drives real financial inclusion, it's more about the learnings from that product that we've now been able to take into other product sets. Mm -hmm. So if you take the credit scoring algorithm that goes with that, we've been able to now um, extract that and put that into a buy now, pay later product, which exists within Vodapay. So right now within Vodapay, you're able to purchase a voucher from one of 40 of our retail partners that exist in the app. Um, and if you don't have money, you can buy the voucher now and pay us back later. So that's how we work across the technologies, across the learnings, across the IP that sits within each of the different products that we have across all our markets. And to be honest, I think that's the luxury that um, helps to, to make us successful in what we do. 
All right. So on that note, that's where we end off. It has been an enlightening uh, discussion with Miriam, uh, just talking about uh, the strategy of Vodacom around uh, financial services. We spoke quite a bit about uh, remittances at the start and the opportunity that lies there. And one of the key things that she says is the fact that uh, Vodacom isn't um, afraid to partner, you know, where they, where they need to. Uh, but uh, regulation is a, is a is a key part of making sure that whatever products they're able to take into the various markets are done on the correct level. And then also, you know, talking about the fact that um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway is what it takes to have products in different markets, because um, I think it's quite clear that you know, no two markets are the same, right? All the markets aren't homogeneous. You have to sort of go in there with a nuanced um, approach using the example that she gave about, you know, funeral insurance works in South Africa, but not necessarily in a market like uh, like Egypt. And that might be hard for someone here to understand, but completely understandable on the other side of the continent. So it has really been a great one. We were talking to Miriam Kasim, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Vodacom Financial Services. Miriam, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Madiwa, and thanks to your listeners. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning